This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 123 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today we have two amazing wranglers all the way from Colorado. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month. And, of course, I have my producer, Coach Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Hi. Ho. How you doing, Debbie? <laughs> I'm good. Spoken like a hunter out there. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, that's tally-ho. That's tally-ho. <laughs> oh, tally-ho. That's what sounded like it to me. But Hi-ho hi is what the... Uh, what the seven dwarves say when they're off to the, oh, that's right. <laughs> off to work we go. I don't have any grandkids. You can tell. Sorry. I'm a little rusty on the there list. There we go. <laughs> but, um, hey, this is fun. I finally get to show off my Wranglers today. We're going to have so much fun with this. I really, I've- really enjoyed all the pictures you were posting on Facebook of your trip to the ranch. Yeah, beautiful. It was gorgeous. You know what's so cool about going to Colorado and beautiful places like that? You look like you know how to take photographs. <laughs> you can't <laughs> take a bad picture in Colorado. <laughs> the color, the you know, contrast, the shadows yeah. of the skies. It's just, yeah. Thank you, though. That was very nice. Most of those you saw, I didn't take, so I can't take real quick <laughs> for them. I just put them up. But yeah, it was beautiful. And as we've talked about, it's really fun and exciting. And we're going to get you out there sometime. I'm sure we can wing this somehow. So give it, give us the quick Reader's Digest of Zapata Ranch so we, so we know when we get to our guests what, what, what it's all about. Okay. I love that you changed the name, but it's actually Zapata. See, but Zapata you. sounds so like energetic. <laughs> Zapata. Zapata. Okay. Yes, yeah, very Western. But the thumbnail about Zapata is that it's one of those experiences that I think it sort of separates those of us who have been on the nose to tail kind of trail riding events that are beautiful and, you know, and high country where. Very few people really have the luxury to go to. Well, this one adds an element of leave those girlfriends behind that don't like to tear across territory Um, because we did a lot of loping and running and scrambling up hills and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think that's what appealed to me the most. So there was a lot more adventure with this than your typical Mm. ranch experience. Yeah, I didn't think you'd bring your girlfriend that like rides once a year kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. So this is for real mm-hmm. horse gals. Unless you want a trial by fire. That well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, there was one gal that can really ride, but she hadn't ridden for a year. And it was, you know, I mean, the the knees, the butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Day two is there, the worst. <laughs> there's that, too. There's that, too. But, I mean, it is really an ex- extraordinary piece of property. And the at Ranchlands, that's the at sign, you know, at Ranchlands that runs it is uh, I mean, they got a hold of something here. It's really cool. It's really cool. And they, they really make the experience nice. And it's, it's not just, um, it's not just hospitality. It, it, you know, they, they are authentic. They're really authentic. So that's been fun. But what's been going on in your saddle these days? Well, I had an adventure too, since last we spoke. 
Okay. It's getting to be autumn here in Central Florida, which is when the riding season really starts. Over the summer, riding is pretty much pretty casual and limited because of the, of the heat. So Nigel and I went to our second endurance ride. We did one last year, the last one of the season in January, and then we had to wait all summer long to go to our second one. And mm-hmm. it fell two weeks after WEG. Was it two weeks? Ten days after oh, yeah. WEG? So yeah. WEG was in September. And you were there a little bit of time. For 16 well, days. A couple of weeks. 16 days. 16 days. So all of August, there was limited riding because it was 9 million degrees. <laughs> and then he had two weeks off for WEG. So he'd yeah. had just about a full month of doing nothing before this ride. Oh. I was a Surprised you didn't take him to a rodeo first. Yeah, I was a little concerned. Uh, but for no reason. He was, he was an absolute gentleman. He camped overnight for his first time. We'd never done that before. He drank water, yay team, and he was mannerly. And we did another introductory ride. And in the endurance and competitive trail world, an introductory ride is any ride under 25 miles. And they are judged a little bit differently in that you can't take those miles and put them towards year-end awards. All of the veterinary things are the same. You still have to have your horse fit, and they still have to pass the vet and all those things. But you can't earn any awards at the end of the year, which apparently in the endurance and competitive trail business are a big deal. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Uh, But this one was a little bit different. The first one I did last year was an endurance ride where the fastest horse wins. Fastest horse and rider team win. And the fastest horse and rider team who still pass the vet checks. You have to come in and your horse has to cool off and recover within a very specific period of time. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. You you can limp. You can can need oxygen. (laughs) They don't care. Uh, (laughs) This one was what they call a competitive trail ride. (coughs) And that is an optimum time competition where you need to finish within a, a window of time. The window is pretty broad. You don't have to go really fast, and you can go what I would consider reasonably slow and still finish. But the veterinary parameters before Mm -hmm. and after are much, much more Um, Mm in-depth. Whether or not your horse has a cut or a scrape, you can't use any boots or bandages on your horse. Whether or not he has all the sweat marks groomed off of him. Really? This all goes in, and you get points off for doing these all of these things. And in addition to his pulse and respiration all of his vital statistics are also included in that. And then there's a score and that's how you win. So this was a little bit, yeah, it was much more complex. And the thing that was most significant for me is before and after the ride, whether it's an endurance or competitive trail, you have to jog your horse for soundness for the veterinary judges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for endurance, it's a quick up and back, maybe 10 strides. Mm-hmm. For combat competitive trail, which I didn't realize till I got to the ro- got to the ride, you have to do up and back, and then you also have to do a circle each direction. But you're doing this in hand, yeah. So I'm going, oh golly, didn't you, you practice that? <laughs> were you winded? Were you winded? I, it's like all, it was all I could do to make it through. <laughs> I'm limping the whole way, you know. And I was I was quizzing all of the other competitors who were much more experienced than I about how to do this because how do you trot your circle in a horse in a circle in hand to the right well you have to teach them to lead on the left and trot in hand on the left right because i'm not going to run around that circle on the outside with my 17 hand horse it's not that fast people so that was the big struggle and uh, i have to thank 
so much of the groundwork that I do with Nigel, inspired by the language of Equus and watching Monty Roberts University videos, although I didn't practice anything that consisted of trot in hand or do a circle in hand, all of the other work played into that so that when I did ask him to do it, he's going, yeah, I'm on your page. We do this groundwork together. So it still paid off. So I was very thankful for that. Yeah, no, that's great. It's uh, yeah, I'm glad I paid. I mean, I'm glad you recognized actually that that was that was. There were some horses there that needed to watch some Monty Roberts University. There were some rearing and some bucking and some striking and some keep trotting (laughs) and the rider the the human got left behind as they trotted back to the trailer. There was all of those. Yeah, (laughs) donuts. Yeah, (laughs) we have to do if we lose our horse. (laughs) I was not Um, the one who got. I was not the one whose horse got loose. Yeah, no, I was not the one. Clarify that really. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So now, are you excited? Do you do you have to graduate from this now because you did you're, well? I mean, do you you are not required by the rules to do limited distance first. You can start out at a twenty. You can start out at a fifty. They don't care. Uh, I chose to do them the first time because I had no idea what was going to happen, and the second yeah, time I like incremental. Yeah. yeah, incremental. It's like I'm much more worried about me finishing happily because Nigel, right. being a thoroughbred, he'll go till he drops. Oh, but yeah. I want him. To, I want him to learn that this is fun. It's happy. There's no reason to rush. This is not the morning workout at the racetrack. You don't have to start off at a gallop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so we're kind of taking a little bit. So in um, December, I believe December is our next ride, and that's going to be a proper twenty-five. Um, okay. And that's going to get a little bit tougher because twenty-five miles will take between four and six hours, depending on how fast we choose to go. <laughs> And halfway through, they have a vet check. You have to get dismount, trot your horse, take all of his respirations and all those things, and then you get back on and then you continue. Uh, and there are a lot of rules in endurance. Let me just say that out front. There are a lot of rules. Yeah. yeah, you have to study all this stuff. I have to read it again and again because they use all these acronyms. Acronyms yeah. like crazy. They're worse than the military. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I'm going to no, be... I, I hate yeah. that because even if I've heard it before, sometimes I can't remember, yeah. you know? and. And one of the things that we worked on was uh, learning to be still. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was one of the videos that I watched on university. Came in very, Mm -hmm. very, very handy because when you're doing your vet checks, there's dozens of horses all lined up. So you have to wait and kind of wait in line. So a horse that was comfortable with the process of just be still and be with me. Very Mm -hmm. handy. Because if they're upset about it, even if yeah. all they're doing is being upset, that keeps their respiration and their pulse rate exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. Word is recovery. Yeah, yes. no kidding. I don't understand why people aren't working on that more often. Even just standing, like when you line up at the end of a class for ribbons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, you've got the horse that's just all hyped up and everything, and he's got to go into another class next. And yeah. they just are using up energy. And it just, yeah, um, yeah it, exactly. it makes so much sense yeah. to train this at home. Yeah, so good that, point. You know, yeah. yeah. So regardless of what discipline, discipline you're in, the process of teaching your horse to take a deep breath and let his adrenaline go and you and your horse both just be still and being in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's, it's universally valuable. It is, Jen. That is so good. You're so right. I mean, in human terms, we call it mindfulness, where you're just in the present and your physiology comes down. I didn't know that's what it meant. Horses are pretty good at that. You know, they, they really you know, they sync with us. So that's something you need to teach at home. And it just takes time. It's just patience, but it's a lot of 
about us too. Um, And that's a good thing for us. Mindfulness. I like that. And Mm -hmm. ding, ding, ding. A lot of people have the false impression that teaching these kinds of skills and developing these types of skills takes a lot of time. It doesn't. It takes five minutes a couple times a week, but you do it five minutes a couple times a week every week. And every there. week. That's the and thing. Then, you got it. You know, it's got to go into the muscle memory, even if it's your your brain, brain muscle. muscle. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Great conversation. And, and we do. Yeah. We do have some great lessons on that, too. And um, I can make an announcement here that April 29 and 30 of 2019, we will again put on our second now movement, the movement that we oh, had like yeah. last year in May. Yeah. This one is the very end of April, 29 and 30. And one of the speakers that I think cross your fingers, uh, I will get is on mindfulness and horses. So he did a TED talk even, you know, one of those guys. So, um, yeah, it's going to be so good. And this is exactly what we love to teach. Just, you know, all those things that you take out and you put it in your discipline because horses are horses. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, (laughs) yeah. Being mindfulness, being still and in the moment with your horse together, I think is one of those valuable must have skills. There we go. They enjoy it. They enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I got in Zapata. Goody. Well, <laughs> let's let's mindfulness. It's really fun. A little adrenaline too, but you know, but yeah, the that's between the galloping, the between the galloping. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's exactly. uh, let's hear a little bit from Omega Fields and then we're going to chat with some wranglers from Hi, Joe Camp here to share about Omega Fields. Omega Fields exists to help you keep your first promise to the horses you love, to care for them well. Nutrition is the foundation of a healthy life and supports all the activity that brings you and your horse so much joy. Omega-3s from flax are the cornerstone of that foundation. So, coupled with the finest ingredients and their proprietary pure glean flax stabilization process, they created Omega Horseshine, Omega Horseshine Complete, Omega Nibblers, Low Sugar and Starch, Omega Antioxidant, and Proventum Probiotic Soft Treats. Thousands of horses are experiencing a vibrant life with the help of Omega Fields products, including all of ours, a part of helping you keep your promise to your friends. Nutrition for a healthy life isn't just their slogan. It's their purpose. Emily Platt has been a program intern at Ranchland Zapata Ranch this season, where she has come to learn about Ranchlands and the ranch's operation. She's a recent graduate of USC's Gould School of Law, and she's going to work for the mayor of Los Angeles. Well, welcome, Emily Platt. I am so excited to have you on our Horsemanship Radio, mostly because we've never had anybody from a ranch land or a conservancy or anything. I'd love to hear more about what you do and your horsey background, too. Well, thank you for having me. Being at Zapata has been a great experience for me. I grew up in Los Angeles and have loved horses from a very young age. So to have the opportunity to be around horses every day and learn more about horsemanship has been an invaluable experience for me. And I'm just really loving my time here. That's great. It seems like a really fun place. Now, really, are there horses in Los Angeles for real? Believe it or not, there are. I had um, two wonderful parents who were happy to drive me 45 minutes in the car to my riding lessons growing up and went to some summer camps with horses. And that's really how I got my start. 
but to have horses right in my backyard, that's a new experience for me and I'm really loving it. And uh, I wish I could find a place in Los Angeles where I could have that, that same access that I have here. Yeah, that's so pretty like this too. So people who have not seen Colorado or specifically Zapata, which is in the southeast corner, close to the border of New Mexico, really. It's about an hour from the border of New Mexico. There you go. I mean, I can see Alamosa on the map. So you kind of get an idea that we're in the middle of nowhere, which is just lovely, isn't it? It's beautiful. The San Luis Valley is a really gorgeous area, and I actually spent some time in Connecticut. So to know that the valley itself is the size of the state of Connecticut, and you can just see from side to side of the valley encapsulated by the Sangre de Cristos and the San Juans is really special. That's crazy. That is crazy. And there's sand dunes. And we'll talk about Zapata in just a little bit, but I wanted to give a little background about you, Emily, and your growing up. So how did you end up spending time in Connecticut or the East Coast? My family moved to the East Coast when I was 15 years old, but I grew up in Los Angeles. After moving to Connecticut, I spent some time doing my undergraduate in Washington, D.C., and then was lucky enough to make it back to California. Yeah, so you went to school at the American University, am I saying that right? That's right, in Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C. Is that where you got an interest in politics? You know, I really didn't expect myself to end up in politics and in the political arena. Um, I did do my undergraduate in some sort of legal studies and political philosophy studies, but I always anticipated myself to go more into the private sector. And actually, I thought I would be an entertainment lawyer when I entered into law school. But I think politics is really my true love. And I really enjoy um, being in that arena and being engaged, those kind of discussions and issues. So I found my way back eventually. Did you want to do entertainment law originally when you thought about that because of the Los Angeles that you had been? Yeah. That's right. And when I was looking at law school programs, I was I had that in mind. Mm-hmm. And then it was through my work working with pro bono clients that I really found out that politics and political issues and legislative reform and criminal justice reform was where my heart really was at. Wow. And that's a mouthful. And so then you went to law school where? I went to law school at USC, University of Southern California. Yeah, that's not easy. <laughs> to get in there. Yeah. So that's wonderful. And you graduated just? I just graduated in May. So this is kind of my uh, work vacation in the meantime. (laughs) So I met Emily here at Zapata because I'm up here riding horses with a bunch of girlfriends as I do annually. We we get together and do some things. And I thought, you know, you're going to find somebody who's got wanderlust or you've got somebody who's trying to take a gap year before you start university or something, but you're not at all. You're ready to kind of live life. But is this more like a, a job for sowing your wild oats or more like something memorable to tell your grandkids? I think this is a bit of an adventure for me. This is a unique experience and one that I thought I could really only live when I was, um, you know, in my 20s and had the time. And uh, I didn't see a time later on in my life where I would have this chunk of time to be able to do something just for me. And this kind of felt like my time to uh, do something for myself after putting myself through school uh, throughout. And I'm happy about the reward. <laughs> yeah, I am so glad you did because it's been really fun to have you here and all the, the Wranglers are really good. I understand you're an intern, not a Wrangler though. Tell us the difference. That's right. So Wranglers work every day with the horses and are responsible for taking guests out on rides. But interns are more jack of all trades. We get to do um, a lot of different things. And we... 
will take guests out on hikes. We will um, do the work in the cattle moves. We will um, go over to the sand dunes and take guests to the sand dunes. So we get to have a hand in a lot of uh, different aspects of how the ranch ranch works. Yeah, and don't let her fool you too. There's a lot of grunt work involved in, I probably the wranglers, wranglers <laughs> too, fix fence, fix fence fixing and other things that you have to do around the ranch, just like real ranching, right? That's right. We all participate in making the ranch run. We don't have outside help. The the females that you've met here, we're all the ones who are, you know, making this place work and making it tick. And that really adds to the teamwork aspect of being here, which I've really loved. Yeah, it it is. We, We should get into what Zapata is or what they, how they've evolved or what it's become. But first, I just wanted to make a point that, yes, she said all the Wrangler and interns seem to be women and the cooks are males. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Zapata. How, what is it out here? How did it become? So Zapata is part of the Ranchlands Corporation and Ranchlands has a partnership with the Nature Conservancy. So the Nature Conservancy has ownership of the land, but Ranchlands essentially leases the land from the Nature Conservancy, and they have a partnership for conservation efforts on the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a cool setup because we get to uh, enjoy the range and the the beauty of just like it was like a hundred years ago, right? Absolutely. I mean, just seeing the bison out on the land really makes you nostalgic for the past. I think. Oh my gosh, we saw bison so far, uh, pronghorn. We've seen jack, you know, wonderful jackrabbits that are just like, how much do they weigh? They must weigh like 40 pounds. They're the huge. jackrabbits, oh, I would not, not be able to uh, measure that, but compared to a 2,500 pound bison, okay, you can, <laughs> there's your scale measurement. The bison are awesome. Really cool. Yeah. And so I love that there's these organizations like uh, the Conservancy, the Nature Conservancy and others that are out preserving ranch land. And that's exactly what it feels like. We saw the old homestead yesterday where you you trailered in with the horses and we met you there in a suburban, very cushy, here we are, and saddled horses and everything and popped off. And that old homestead is amazing. The old homestead was built in the early 1800s and um, was originally occupied by Spanish sheep herders in the area. And this was before horses and cattle were introduced. So to think about the valley with the bison, with the contrast of sheep grazing on the um, valley floor is pretty special. That's pretty amazing. So today we got to sort some cattle and herd some cattle a little bit too out on that flatland, the Medno. We call that side the Zapata side. So our property is actually divided into two sections. One section, we keep our cattle and horses, and that's roughly 50,000 acres. And then we have an easement running through the property, which we call Lane 6. And to the right of that is another 50,000 acres where we have our bison and their free roam. And that's the Medno, then? That's the Medno, exactly. Okay, so we were on the Medno yesterday and Zapata today. That's right. Yeah, and the cattle are just, the, the babies, of course, it's not spring anymore. They're not tiny, teeny, but they're still small, and they've all been brand and they've had all their shots and and if they're not going to be um, kept uh, for breeders or for bulls they're going to be done with what does the ranch 
harvest them? Do we eat them? Or what do we do? That's right. Those are black Angus beef cattle and um, they are sold for meat. So um, we sell them as organic meat. So you could walk into Whole Foods, black Angus grass-fed organic beef, and it could be, um, you know, one of the cows here from the Zapata. Yeah. So it's incredible that we can actually get to herd cattle and see cattle that are work just like they were well, a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, I suppose on Zapata. That's right. It's all done on horseback. Um, and I haven't been here for the branding camps, but I hear it's an incredible opportunity to see that all happening with the calves. And just a couple weeks ago, we actually separated the bulls out, which was, um, from the herd, which is a unique experience for me because I didn't know much about managing cattle before I came here. So just to learn about the different things that, um, are done to manage the herd seasonally has been a learning experience for me. I I bet that would be fascinating. Just, I mean, as, as an Angelino who grew up with horses anyway. But you know what I love about your background is that you are able to, um, pursue your career, pursue your education first, and now get your career. And you're going to be working for Mayor Garcetti in Los Angeles. He'll be the 42nd mayor of Los Angeles. And I did a little looking up on him and that he is, it looks like he's really a return to roots, creating a safe, livable, prosperous city as they all want to do. I know, but it sounds like some of the things he's doing are really getting back to our roots of Los Angeles, which is great, as opposed to trying to be, I don't know, you know, the rails and all the crazy stuff that they that be great, but we really need to focus on infrastructure right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's really started to address that because he does have a lot of conservation efforts, mm-hmm. um, like creating the watershed department, dealing with water runoff in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and um, realizing that there is a large environmental impact in Los Angeles and that we need to do everything we can to conserve our land and our water, especially, especially after all the fires that we've experienced um, as of late. We sure have. And, and no rain. So, so I think environment in Los Angeles is huge. That, is that something that you're going to take to the mayor's office? I mean, is that what you're hoping to affect? I mean, every experience that I've had here, I plan to bring with me to pad my background. So having conversations with people in those departments, I think I'll be more informed and be able to talk about that more. Just learning about uh, different watershed laws, especially in the San Luis Valley, has been interesting for me and learning more about water rights. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have that information and take that back with me Mm -hmm. will be valuable. Very good. So what are you going to do for us us horse people in Los Angeles? Are you going to keep some trails open? open spaces for horses? Can you fight for us a little bit? I hope so. I think that there um, is obviously a lot of incentive to keep the land. And a big part of that is protecting it from fires. So working with the fire department, working with LAPD and those organizations, um, they'll do everything they can to keep that that land open. And um, in terms of development, we'll see in terms of keying into those types of issues and knowing where the development is taking place in Los Angeles. But I think where riders are out right now, like Malibu State Park, we intend to keep it that way and and have that land uh, available for riders. Good. That's good. It's so great to send somebody in there representing horses. I love it. It's hard in a big city. There's a lot of issues and a lot of people tugging at different different uh, purposes right. I know so so do you ever fall in love with your horses that you have here with the with, you know wrangling and interning that you do here is it hard to leave any of these horses behind when you're all done next month 
I'm sure it will be. I have a horse here, a little paint named Rocky, right. who I've fallen in love with. Um, so it will be very difficult to leave him. But I was just talking with a friend the other day, and we can still remember the names of our favorite horses that we rode as children. Right. So I think like friends, you know, horses stick with you too, yeah. especially the special ones. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And there are some special ones here too. You have mixed breeds all over the place. Just you, most of the horses come out of auction, right? That's right. So most of our horses are quarter horses, and um, we get them through sale barns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in herding cattle, we could tell some of them are a little more cowy today than yeah. others. Others could care less. You right. know, it, it's not nose to tail here. This is what's wonderful about this, this experience for me, because we've done packing in where you almost have to be nose to tail. You can't do the accordion thing because you're on shale. Um, you know, steep sides of mountains and everything. And you have to be so careful, but here it's broad as far as you can see almost oh, into, absolutely. to the mountains. Right. And so we, we can go four or five horses wide. We trot, we lope, we've done some crazy things in the last couple of days. And I'm looking forward to the dunes. Give me one thing I'm going to love about the dunes tomorrow. Oh, the dunes are phenomenal. I think just having all that different kind of terrain that you can ride on with the sand and the mountains, um, going in between the trees and then, you know, loping through a dried Creek bed, uh, will be a really special experience. Okay. Not to mention the views oh, just to yeah. be on the sand dunes themselves. Pretty spectacular. And to watch the light change over the dunes is really magical. Oh, that does sound fun. Are we going to get a little lightning and thunder like we did today too? Oh, I don't know. I hope not. Oh, you really? know? It was pretty fun. The, was pretty the dunes fun. are huge conductors of lightning because Uh-oh. of all the water. So usually we try to make it out of the dunes by the time the by lightning, the time the lightning <laughs> is rolling around. It moves fast though. I bet in five minutes time, the rain came, went lightning storm, and then it was beautifully sunny and warm and quiet. All of a sudden the wind right. was whipping before and then it wasn't. So I hope we've convinced a few people to come to Zapata and see this beautiful land. And I hope we get to meet you down in Los Angeles sometime too. Oh, I hope other people get to experience this place as well because it is so special. And thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for coming on Horsemanship Radio. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hi, Carol Herter here, president of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting. Some are stories of challenges, and a few are downright sad. Recently, a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand. It started out as a really scary story. We were holding our breaths, waiting for the outcome, and it turned out wonderful. They winched the horse out relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on. They stay on in all terrain. Cavallo, the world's most trusted hoof boots. Claire Forbes is a head wrangler at Zapata Ranch. She grew up in Maryland's hunt country, showing ponies as a child and working with thoroughbreds throughout high school. Claire started as an intern at Zapata in 2016 before her senior year of college. She graduated from Hamilton College with a degree in geosciences. 
but is hoping to pursue her career in ranching and sustainable food systems. This is Clara's third season at Zapata, and she plans on returning to the ranch next season, too. Well, welcome, Claire Forbes. I'm so <laughs> excited to talk to another wrangler with the Zapata Ranch Lands. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong on all this. You're not an intern. You're a wrangler. You've been doing this a while, correct? Yes. So this is my third year at the ranch. I'm actually the head wrangler this year. Oh. I started out as an intern my first year, last year wrangler, this year the head wrangler. Yeah, we've been talking to, to an intern or, yeah, let's see, Emily was an intern, Anna is a wrangler. wrangler, and now you're the head wrangler. So we're working our way up. <laughs> and tomorrow I think we're going to talk to Kate, who is, what is Kate's Kate title? Kate is the ranch manager of Zapata. Ranch manager of Zapata, mm -hmm. and she has a different accent altogether mm -hmm. than you all do. That's, that'll be an interesting interview. So I brought you in because you have an interesting background, and you're making moves to get into some of the training of the horses here, too, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting. So what's your horse? background? So I grew up in Maryland, uh, which is very much old school English. I grew up in horse country there, so lots of steeplechasing and fox hunting. So I started, uh, I was first put on a horse when I was three. Um, it was at one of the local fox hunts, and when my mom took me off, I started screaming, uh -huh. and I made a huge scene, so they had to put me back on to the very last minute. And then I started taking lessons when I was five in uh, equitation. Shortly after that, I started showing equitation and pony hunters. And then in high school, I was offered a job exercising horses for a farm that took young thoroughbreds and retrained them for different careers. So we did different things. I started two-year-olds before the racetrack, and then I worked with two through 10 year olds coming off the track and we retrain them to be show horses, fox hunters, steeple chasers, pleasure trail horses, just kind of whatever they wanted to do next. Hmm. So I did that for five years. Wow. Was that through an organization like a rescue OTTB thing? or No, no it's, it's just, just a private yard that hmm. I worked for. So uh, it wasn't your typical boarding farm. It hmm. was where mostly individuals sent their horses to be trained and ridden every day. Wow, that's great. Good cause too, by the way. Oh, I it was. A, I loved being a part of it. I'd never ridden a thoroughbred before, but I fell in love with them. They're my favorite breed and I I always love getting the chance to ride a thoroughbred yeah good <laughs> not only are they fast but they do have good brains they're yeah. so intelligent so I it was really incredible to work with them because going into the track they you know they're taught one thing how to run and they can learn so quickly how to do so many other things like more technical flat work jumping you know, racings of other types like steeplechase. I mean, they've got a great mind. Mm -hmm. So I've got a picture of you on the East Coast <laughs> sort of rescuing or repurposing anyway, OTTBs, off-the-track thoroughbreds. How do you end up in Colorado? <laughs> so I started working or thinking that I wanted to work on a ranch mostly through wanting to know more about sustainable cattle production. Mm -hmm. uh, so on the East Coast, large-scale ranching is kind of mythical and you don't see it very often and I wanted to learn more about where my food was coming from and it was an added bonus that I got to work with horses and use horses as a tool to get a job done because that was a different relationship that I 
had never had before with a horse. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting that you say relationship because I feel like that's how we evolve a little bit with horses is that they're, you know, a challenge, a, a piece of equipment, mm-hmm. maybe a little mm-hmm. bit, something we learn on. Right. But eventually you kind of find out there's a personality in there too. Right. And I think, you know, before when I was riding mostly sport horses, uh, you know, we were training them for competitions and and a different type of job. So it, it was a unique change to start using them to make my actual work day easier. And, you know, they're really beneficial for moving cattle or when I have to check fence in a, you know, pasture with difficult terrain, they make my day infinitely easier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So how does this, and this we're on Zapata Ranch Lands. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your horses? So uh, we're a ranch management company, so we operate different ranches. Some of our horses, we have a breeding program on a different property, and so some come through there. But where is that? Um, at the so they're bred at the Chico uh, Chico Basin, that's in Colorado Springs, and then they're started at our ranch in South Dakota called the Wilder. Uh, most of our horses, though, here at Zapata, they come from all over. Uh, so either from friends of the ranch, auctions, sales. Uh, from all different backgrounds and then we kind of work with them to put them into our guest ring so that we can have all different types of guests ride them. So that's your big responsibility, right? That you, you're the head wrangler because you're going to match people, the guests with horses. You're making sure that your stock stays healthy and so um, Emily, our programs director, she's the one that matches guests and riders. But as a as a wrangler, we all work with we call them project horses, and they're horses that need a little bit more work before we can put them in the guest ring. So when horses first come, we can evaluate, and a lot of them are ready to go. You could put someone on them, and you know trust that they'll take care of your guests. But then other ones have quirks and slight issues that we need to work through before we can put a guest on them confidently. What's your favorite quirk to work with? I think one of my favorites is when they're herd bound. I like working with them so that they can go off on their own and do their own tasks because I think that's one of the most, I mean, it's one of the most common and one of the most frustrating uh, tasks. A lot of times our pastures are so big, you have to spread out pretty far if you're going to move cattle or find an issue in the fence or something like that. So having a horse that can move off on their own is a very valuable um, trait. And so that's something I like to work with. And it doesn't always work but I've had pretty good success. It's a pretty common problem these days, yeah. actually, when horses, uh, you know, are stabled together mm-hmm. in close quarters mm-hmm. a lot. And I, I totally get it because our horses, they all go out and pasture together. So they're together all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are a herd animal, so it makes sense. And I think there's nothing wrong with being with, wanting to be with the herd, but having the ability sure. to say, okay, that's fine. We'll go off and do something else is very valuable. Sure. That's a nice part we should add right here that you got, they go out back out to pasture at the end of every, their work day Mm -hmm. could not even be a whole day maybe, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're on pasture a lot, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. So the great thing, uh, about what we do here is we don't supplement any of the feed. They only are on pasture. So no grain, no hay, uh, which is a really incredible thing for me to experience because coming from Maryland and the horse world that I did, we're pretty invasive in a lot of aspects of horse care, but here it's a much more natural base. So 
I I appreciate getting to learn that and be a part of that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And their the hooves are solid. They, everybody yeah, no looks shoes. good. No shoes. Yeah. Um, it's it's and their condition is great. And mm-hmm. you know, if it isn't great, then we we look at that right away, and then maybe we won't put riders on them, mm-hmm. and we'll just let them continue to eat twenty four seven until they pick up their condition, mm-hmm. rather than supplementing them and getting them. Uh, kind of hooked on needing additives. Good. Who were some of your trainers when you were, I mean, you're, how old are you though? You're not, you're, I'm 24. You're 20. yeah, yeah, you're 24. <laughs> so it's not like you're 44 and we've been talking about this a long time. So yeah, what was some of your inspiration to get these training methods done for you? I think most of what I've learned from came from the farm that I worked at in Maryland. Uh, so I worked for, um, my bosses were my trainers, uh, Bruce Fenwick and Don Williams. They're big in the steeplechase world. And a lot of times they turned me loose and just let me kind of figure out how to work with these young horses and, you know, gave me little tips. And I think that really helped kind of learning it on my own. Cause for a, a long time while I was working for them, I didn't take any lessons. I just watched other people ride and that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. And transitioning from a very small saddle to this big fat Western saddle. How was that for you? I, it was actually pretty easy. Um, I had a lot, a great foundation from English. So it was easy to make that switch and You're a good ride. And I still apply a lot of my English foundation to, uh, my Western riding, which I think is important. And it makes me more successful with some of the horses I work with. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty easy switch. Good. A horse is a horse, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this past winter I went back and I trained in Maryland and it was a little bit more difficult making the switch back to English, to that little but yeah, <laughs> took a week, but then it was good. Does it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So What's your favorite breed then? Is it the thoroughbreds? I don't, I, I don't see a lot of them out here though. Is that something? I don't either. I'd yeah. like to see more. I think they could be a great ranch horse if you find the right one. Um, it's definitely a thoroughbred. I think I'll always love them because I got to work with so many of mm-hmm. them. And uh, there's the retired racehorse project, which I follow on and mm-hmm. off. And I like in their end, end of the year competition, watching the ranch horses work. And I'd really at some point like to be able to do that also, mm-hmm. take some horses off the track and retrain them for ranch work. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. That, it would be a good inspiration. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of thoroughbreds out there that could use. Yeah, definitely. Lives and, and they, if they're good, solid and healthy, then there is no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really come from the, Arab breeds, right? With mm-hmm. endurance in them. I think their, you know, their speed and their endurance could make them really great ranch horses. You know, if you have to chase down a calf that's running off, you know, they they could get there in time. Um, so I think if you choose one that's solid enough and could handle the terrain, then you right. could have a great horse. Right. Need some hooves out here. Yes. It's true. <laughs> so you pull those shoes off. I love it though. I'm, I'm looking for the Mustang rolls out here. I think you guys have enough yeah. rock, enough sand and everything that you, you get good feet. So you're putting your stamp a little bit on Zapata though, by um, three plus years going on mm-hmm. now. What What's your legacy? What would you like to see implemented in here? I, I, I don't know. That's a big question. I'd like to keep working here for a while. And I would like, I like that they allow people who don't have a ranching background or a Western, Western background to come in and work because 
if I didn't have this opportunity, I had no experience with Western or ranching coming in. So if they didn't give me a chance, you know, who knows where I would be. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I, I'd like that they continue to let people in like that. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. You have quite a community here. I think mm-hmm. every team member, unless you're just putting on good faces for us all week, I don't it's know how really, you keep it up. It's a really great group of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. I'd love yes. to have you back. I'd love to follow your career a little bit, too. Oh, I think thank it'd be you fun so much. to see how you did here. And I, anybody who comes out of the OTTP world, I just have a soft spot for it. So mm-hmm. that's my fault. But, <laughs> so thanks so much for being yes, on Yes, thank Major you. <laughs> Monty Roberts is proud to partner with the Right Horse Initiative, which seeks to help horses in transition by massively increasing horse adoption in the United States. The right horse understands that most horses will have multiple owners during their lifetime. Often, these horses find themselves in transition due to no fault of their own and can move into a second or third career with the right adopter. Adoption can be a great option when you're looking for a new horse. To help you find your perfect right horse, the Right Horse Initiative developed an innovative new website for adoptable horses called My Right Horse. On MyRideHorse.org, you can search hundreds of available horses by breed, discipline, age, and location. It's simple, user-friendly, and of course, mobile-friendly too. With a wide range of adoptable horses from all over the country, MyRideHorse.org can help you find the horse of your dreams. Visit MyRideHorse.org to find your next horse through adoption. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language of the herd. Dear Monty, I have a nine-year-old Arab quarter horse who is a very sweet fellow, and I use your methods with him. He loves to go out on the trail, but he gets more and more excited if we go out with more than one horse or two other horses, and after an hour or so, he is so excited and wound up that he just wants to run all of the time, either that or a bone-jarring fast trot. I need help on how to calm him out on the trail. Should I get off for a little while and let him cool off? I try to stay relaxed, but after a while, we're both anxious and no fun to be around. When I get him back to the barn, he is exhausted and I am too. I'm getting my own round pin soon. Would additional round pin work help us? Monty's answer. Round pen work never hurts when done properly. Causing the horse to walk, trot, and canter in the round pen on a loose rein is effective therapy for the problem you've stated. Just doing round pen work, however, is not the entire answer. A good horse person takes the position that any one time one should work with small problems or small portions of big problems. The round pen work falls in the category of a small portion of a bigger problem. One needs to make the transition from less challenging environments to more challenging environments in a logical and effective manner. This means making the transition in small steps. The round pin is great as a beginning tool. Then obviously it is advisable to move to a slightly larger area with good footing and continue to create a quiet attitude on loose reins. Graduate from the second size to a slightly larger area and then eventually move to an outside enclosure. 
It is likely that your horse has galloped like the wind with other horses while in a trail riding sort of environment. For a sensitive horse with a lot of energy, this is a destructive procedure. Often horses who love to run in the first place will develop a strong desire for going fast whenever they are with other horses in these circumstances. I have seen horses that I have concluded would never be quiet trail horses after developing this habit. If you are to be successful at correcting this behavioral pattern, you will need a great deal of patience and the cooperation of several friends and their horses too. If you can recruit this group of horses and riders, then the method I've seen work most successfully is as follows. Your friends agree that they will ride at a walk only. They further agree that they will ride in an area that is open enough to allow you and your horse to circle one or more of the other riders. It is further advisable that the footing be of a nature acceptable to the cantering horse. You should allow your horse to walk on a loose rein, just as he will remember he did back in the romp in. You should not pick up the reins and tease his mouth in a fashion requesting that he go slower. Instead, leave the reins down. If your horse picks up speed, he will obviously be passing other horses. Let it happen. When approaching the front of the group, bend your horse's energy either to the left or to the right and let him trot or canter in small circles around the walking horses. You may be circling one, two, or three horses, but your circle should be small so that your horse is working. When your horse is executing these circles on a nice loose rein, ease him back to the walk near the rear of the group and allow him to walk on a loose rein with the other horses. Should your horse once again choose to increase speed passing other horses, leave the reins down and repeat the same process, but in a circle traveling the opposite direction to your first one. It's important to always work horses in a balanced manner with both left and right work in each section. A session. This is psychologically as well as physiologically advantageous. Repeat this process until your horse is walking in a relaxed fashion or until the ride has concluded. If you find that you've executed the entire ride with your horse failing to walk properly, I recommend that you set a date and a time for the next ride and repeat the procedure. Remember that I told you you need friends who are extremely cooperative. It is my recommendation that you make copies of this answer and distribute them amongst your trail riding partners so that they too will understand the suggested plan. Once they've seen the roadmap, it is more likely that they will stay the course. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online too, on our forum, and there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. I'm going to skip to February 2019. That's February 15 and 17. That's the President's Day weekend. And we're having an equine facility management clinic, part of CHA. So those of you who want to be certified and get a better insurance rate, come to Flag is Up Farms in California, February 15 through 17. And then February 20 through 24, 
Monty is flying his way over to Norway, and he is going to be a big part of the Norwegian Horse Festival over there. And then he trots over to, not too far from there, Essen, Germany, March 9 through 17, 2019. He will be working with a lot of instructors in Europe and doing live demonstrations in Equitana. And then we have a really important date for me is the movement, April 29 and 30 at Flag is Up Farms. Plan to be there. It was so cool last year, a symposium, and we mix people that are using horses in different situations, whether they're trainers, therapists, facilitators, we have it all. It's just all about horses and their qualities that make our lives better. And if I may interject, the equine facility management clinic in February, Mm -hmm. is it 15th and 17th or 15th through 17th? Through. Through the 17th. Yeah, Yeah, three days, two and a half days, basically. And the Certified Horsemanship Association is going to be doing the certifications. They have been around since 1967. They know a little bit about certifying. So if you're you're not familiar with the CHA, you can just go to CHA.horse and check up on who they are. They're the real deal. This isn't just some random thing. Um, and then go on over to Monty Roberts' website, montyroberts.com, mm-hmm. and sign up. I encourage you all, you can get better insurance rates. That's something that's one of the benefits when you get certified, among other things. So do check into it. I recommend it for everybody who has a facility. Even if you have a little facility, you don't have 40 million students, it's just you. Getting this certification is well worth it for your business. So there we go. That's right. Montyroberts.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you have questions and you just want to ask a real human being, they have real real, real human beings at uh, Flag is Up Farms, and you call 805-688-6288 to speak to one of them. And for details about today's show, you can go to horsemanshipradio.com where you'll find links and pictures and more information about our guests, including Zapata. Yes. Yay, I got it right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And as always... We love your feedback. You can follow us on Facebook. It's Facebook, Monty Roberts. Go to the one that says Monty Roberts with the little blue check mark. That's the official page. And Monty is on Twitter. That is right. He tweets. It's Monty underscore Roberts. And if I remember right, you can listen to this show on iTunes, your favorite podcatcher. You can also listen on the HRN app. You can find it there. Go to your app store, search Horse Radio Network, download it today. That's a really good way to do it. And don't forget my new favorite, Instagram. Oh, that's right. He's on Instagram. Yeah, he's on Instagram. And that's so fun. Pretty pictures. And I actually, I'll mention one other thing too. Go to Amazon and put in Horsemanship Radio shirts. And you're going to not only find a whole bunch of shirts for Horsemanship Radio and show your stripes, but also pop sockets. You know, those little fun pop-up things that go on the back of your phone and they got a little Horsemanship oh, really? Radio logo on them. Yes, they're so cute. Hey, look at that. And, they, you know, they, 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 you know, you can put your phone or your, your um, pad, you know, it leans it like mm-hmm. makes an easel kind of thing. Or you hold it and you take better selfies. So there you go. Oh, I want the t-shirts. Oh, they're lovely. Aren't they cute? I like them. They're really cute. Cool. Yeah. So go to Amazon and many thanks to our sponsors too. That's Omega Fields, Cavallo Horse and Rider. Um, don't forget to watch that PSA and go to right horse, the, myrighthorse.org and also Monty Roberts Equus Online University. So that's MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Be sure to visit all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network as well. That's www.horseradionetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours. (laughs) 